0: This is the FS Tech Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this latest FS Tech Podcast. I'm Jonathan Easton, editor of FS Tech, and today we're going to be looking at the rise of confidential computing in finance. The life of a CISO is a complicated one. Increasingly sophisticated cyber threats from malicious actors are targeting financial institutions more and more, while ever-growing regulatory commitments, including the Digital Operational Resilience Act, or DORA for short, introduced early this year, are compounding the number of issues which security professionals are having to keep on top of to ensure smooth operations. It's for these reasons, along with many others that we'll discuss today, that top banks and other financial institutions are turning to confidential computing. To put it plainly, confidential computing refers to the use of advanced technology and security measures to protect sensitive financial data and computations from unauthorised access or exposure, even when it's being processed or analysed in external or third-party environments. It's emerging as a critical component of modernizing financial services while safeguarding sensitive data, enabling efficient collaboration and complying with stringent regulations. And it helps financial institutions strike a balance between innovation and security in an increasingly interconnected and data-driven industry. Joining me now to discuss what this all means for financial services and what FIs can do to adopt this kind of approach to security is Dr. Richard Sell, Vice President of Confidential Computing at Fortanex. Thanks for being here today, Richard.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Just to kick us off, can you explain, you know, from a kind of a top level what confidential computing is and how it differs from traditional security measures in the financial sector?
1: Yeah, certainly uh, confidential computing is a term that people may have seen used in relation to data security and it it can be applied with um, within different contexts. But uh, one of the things that I uh, am involved with is something called the Confidential Computing Consortium at the Linux Foundation. Um, And that's an industry forum uh, that was set up in 2019 to promote and develop this technology. And they've provided a, a very coherent definition. And what confidential computing does is it protects data when it's being uh, used within hardware um, with the property of attestation in order to to verify that the security is in place. And essentially what's going on is that there are three phases of data. We're familiar with protecting data at rest uh, where we encrypt it. We're familiar with uh, secure communications where data is in transit. But when data is in use, actually being processed by the uh, the underlying compute resource, uh, the data, whether it was encrypted or not, has to be within plain text for that processor to make sense of it. And that makes it vulnerable. And what confidential computing does is it then assigns uh, a region of memory that we call a trusted execution environment, Uh, which is encrypted and protects that information while the application is being executed. And that prevents any external access to, um, for example, root administrators, uh, the host operating system, or or any potential uh, network threats that are undetected and, and trying to access information on the machine.
0: So really it's kind of, you know, an evolution. Of, uh, of existing and kind of new way of looking at, at, um, uh, at security in finance. Um, one area I mentioned in the introduction was DORA, the Digital Operational Resilience Act, which, um, you know, in its description, it says it aims to ensure the operational resilience of the financial sector in the EU. Um, how does uh, confidential computing align with those objectives?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And uh, actually, in your introductory remarks, you, you mentioned, you know, the, the level of uh, cyber threats that have to be faced by financial institutions nowadays. And we've seen, for example, um, attacks by nation state actors attributed to North Korea on the SWIFT uh, transactions network. And what confidential computing can provide in uh, the financial services context is several key benefits, um, particularly in respect to the DORA regulations. Essentially, what it's able to do is to protect important applications in order to uh, provide resilience against those threats. As I mentioned, the isolation guarantees provided effectively uh, enable applications to be secure within your infrastructure, even when a, a cyber threat actor is present. It also enables you to provide a level of resilience through that isolation by connecting secure applications together in isolation from other applications contexts that may have a a lower level of security. And that uh, can prove important in terms of business continuity where you're suffering from a a cyber threat. The other key point is that the attestation property I mentioned that provides uh, verification of confidential computing security is very important from a risk management and compliance perspective to demonstrate that data has been used securely and that systems are running with uh, appropriate protections in order to sustain the operations of the the institution concerned. So all uh, contributory benefits from, from this technology.
0: And you mentioned collaboration there, data collaboration, and given this wider uh, collaborative nature of the financial industry, how can confidential computing um, facilitate secure data sharing and collaboration among institutions while still ensuring uh, data integrity and confidentiality, do you think?
1: Well, this is another important point, and I, I like the use of the, the term data collaboration, which is, it tends to be how we refer to things at Fortanix, <clears throat> as opposed to the other term of data sharing that people may be thinking about in the context of multi-party applications or, or even intra-organisational uh, collaborations, you know, between different departments uh, within a financial institution. So confidential computing offers the ability, because of the uh, protection afforded to data when it's in use, to deploy applications that can process data securely without the need to expose that data to any third party. And so examples of where this has been used in practice, and we've published some some academic work on this um, at the IEEE Big Data conference last year uh, is anti-money laundering where uh, shared intelligence between independent financial institutions can lead to enhanced models to detect uh, money laundering activity uh, and then to intercept and and quarantine those funds. The other example is where regulators might want to be able to be provided with oversight of uh, applications deployment such as anti-money laundering and they can be provided with that access in order to verify the integrity of models that are being used for different processes uh, and also that the, uh, the data being used has been handled securely. So, again, Im- important features that are necessary where you want to collaborate on data for different applications. And, and particularly, you know, we see this as a, an important future trend where collaborative AI systems are being developed due to the, the necessary volumes of training data required.
0: Uh, you, you mentioned uh, that that buzzword AI, and it's something we we, we talked about. Um, uh, you know, slightly just before hitting record. Um, is that something you see as playing a big role in confidential computing going forward
1: as well? Yes, I do. And uh, yeah, we're seeing you yeah, know regulations being drafted, such as the um, the US AI Bill of Rights uh, proposal, also the EU AI Act, which is um, is heading towards ratification. And what's important about these issues is that they they require um, oversight of how data is being used and processed both for training for models and also uh, the models themselves. And equally, the intellectual property that's contained within those uh, artificial intelligence uh, applications in terms of parameter sets, that's the weights and biases for models. It's very important that they're protected because any interference with those uh, systems could have you know, dire consequences downstream in terms of their their application within operations. So Confidential computing is going to play an important role here, you know, within the the industry. We see this as a a sort of co-development of uh, AI systems alongside uh, data privacy and data security systems. And uh, I think they're going to be, you know, uh, important to the uh, successful implementation and the secure implementation of AI systems within the financial community and in other industries too. So one example that I, I've seen from Fortanix
0: in, in regards to kind of bringing all this together in a practical sense was um, a, a work that you guys did with Goldman Sachs to migrate its Hadoop data lakes, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Uh, Hadoop data lakes to Amazon S3 um, and expanding its uh, global platform to help uh, the bank better serve its European customers. Can you give us a A top level view of this case and how confidential computing's helped Goldman to be more secure and better prepared uh, to deal with these regulatory changes that we've discussed.
1: Sure. Well, Goldman Sachs is obviously a, a very highly recognized and important name within the uh, the financial services sector. And we're, we're very pleased to, uh, to be working with them and, and delighted and grateful that they've been able to allow us to publish the case study that we recently released. Uh, and what was important um, for Goldman as a customer was that they wanted to be able to consolidate fairly scattered um, backups uh, for these data lakes and and to put them into uh, an Amazon S3 environment. And in order to do that, they needed to ensure that sufficient security was in place for both their internal and external compliance requirements. And to do that, they used the Fortanix Data Security Manager product, uh, which provides full HSM as a service uh, cryptographic support for enterprises, and also provides very strict policy implementations in terms of uh, key ownership, key control, and separation of duties between uh, different key owners. Uh, and what this has enabled goldman sachs to do is to uh, not only undertake this uh, migration project successfully with you know sufficient security but also to enable access to data under various permission controls to uh, clients within different territories where they're also protecting the data that under the jurisdictional requirements of those territories that may not be their you know their their um, domestic us uh, market so Very important for things like EU uh, general data protection regulations, compliance, uh, and also uh, various financial regulatory requirements within, for example, Switzerland uh, under FINMA. And an important insight into how confidential computing can be used to provide data security, not only at the operational level where data is processed, which we've talked about earlier, but also in terms of cryptographic key security and future post-quantum cryptography support.
0: Yeah, it's a very, very interesting case study. And I'd recommend our readers uh, go away and have a look at it. And certainly, it gives you an idea of some of those best practices uh, around this kind of transformation that even if you're not kind of doing a one for one in in the same of of what uh, Goldman have achieved, lots of lessons uh, to be learned. Would you agree with that?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, I, I think it's important from a knowledge sharing perspective that best practices are, uh, you know, communicated. We, we tried to do that with some of our uh, academic paper publications uh, and also, you know, that people gain an insight into how technologies can support requirements that they, they might otherwise um, have believed, you know, very difficult to implement with, with existing systems. So. Yeah, it's, it's an important case study, both for Fortanix and, and I think for the industry more widely in terms of the, the use of this technology, you know, under a very strict compliance uh, environment. So... We, we, you know, we, we've we've mentioned uh, one
0: aspect of, of of kind of future technology or a technology that we're in in uh, it's in play today, but it's becoming a more pronounced thing uh, in that case study and previously uh, talking about AI. Uh, but what trends do you uh, foresee looking forward uh, in the integration of confidential computing within the financial sector, especially in response? to this evolving regulatory uh,
1: landscape
0: with frameworks such as dora
1: yeah certainly well um, as we discussed you know prior to the podcast i think ai is going to become ubiquitous and and there's you know obviously a an active and ongoing debate as to, to how that takes place and and data security is going to be intrinsic to that but there are also other areas that are very relevant here so Something that we are working on you know, fairly extensively um, at Fortanix with partners is tokenization of assets and the exchange of uh, tokens under secure frameworks uh, to prevent access by the custodian, which has been the Achilles heel really of blockchain implementations. Confidential computing supports that, including the verifiability of the, uh, the applications used for those exchanges. And that's gonna be important as we uh, transition to an era of things like central bank digital currencies, and that's on the horizon. And, and I think this is going to be a, another active area for confidential computing deployment, certainly for Fortanix. I think equally, you know, we see uh, the future with decentralization, where um, the management of keys in order to protect assets um, and tokens that might represent um, some financial instrument are going to be important not only for institutions, but also for their end customers. Uh, and so confidential computing is going to be important to the establishment of decentralized networks between institutions and also um, as access points for customers at the edge, particularly where, uh, for example, AI applications might be deployed locally to, to help people optimize their use of financial services. So there's a lot of exciting areas of development. We we work at Fortanex to keep abreast of trends uh, across a variety of different industries. Um, wherever data is being used, it needs to be secured and it often needs to be private and confidential. And, and I see this technology as being fundamental to that because it's now available through all of the major processor manufacturers. And uh, you know, we provide support for those different hardware implementations to, to support our customers' requirements, whether that's in their data centers or or as part of their cloud strategy.
0: It's interesting, you mentioned um, CBDCs there. Uh, it, it, that's an area as well, which is kind of going off in a million different directions with different countries taking different approaches. So it's was interesting at the time of recording uh, a few days ago uh, in India, they announced um, the Reserve Bank of India announced plans to implement a wholesale uh, CBDC uh, kind of scheme uh, for the cool money market. And that's not something I'd ever really considered before, and so do you think that confidential computing kind of as. Things like um, digital currencies potentially go off in different directions, which maybe weren't foreseen by some people uh, confidential computing do you think it's confident in its ability to handle these different use cases.
1: Well, I think that that remains to be seen. And, and you know, the proof is going to be in some of the uh, validation projects and pilots that are are already underway. And I think what we now have is a a grounding uh, within the industry of the use of this technology for, you know, implementations like anti-money laundering deployments, like federated machine learning within distributed architectures, the sorts of architectures that will be necessary to support uh, digital um, central bank, digital currency projects. and and decentralization. I think what's going to be interesting to see as things move forward is how the technology can provide the levels of resilience coming back to the the topic of the the DORA regulations in respect of very sophisticated attacks by nation state actors like um, for example the North Korean example that we've already spoken about this morning. So I think it is going to be interesting to see um, in the architectural design how security is baked in from the beginning and I think that is the message I would give to industry is that you know security really needs to be front and center of consideration. Considerations about how you know, these decentralized networks, tokenization systems, and, and um, wider AI and, and data collaboration projects are undertaken.
0: So, on that note, I think that's a really great way to round out this discussion, um, bringing us back to Dora and ultimately providing our listeners with a key insight on confidential computing that they can take forward into their future decision making. Many thanks to my guest, Dr. Richard Sell, Vice President of Confidential Computing at Fortanix, and to you for listening. For FS Tech, I'm Jonathan Easton, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the FS Tech Podcast.